Are you feeling like no one understands your struggles? That you're isolated and alone? Like no one has your back to support, encourage, or celebrate your wins with you? Well, let me personally invite you to join me in the Living Fearless Today Facebook group. Hey, we recently launched the group and are open to other men just like you who want to know their worth, value, and purpose to grow in confidence, find their worth, and appreciate their contributions. So if you simply search Living Fearless Today on Facebook, and uh, then just click to join us. I look forward to meeting you, seeing your growth, and the success you begin to experience in your life within this band of men. This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forster, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Well, hello and welcome back, my friend. Man, I am so excited and I'll be honest, been chatting with Mike quite a bit. So um, otherwise, if we don't sit down and actually do the interview, Mike and I will spend the whole night just sitting here talking. So full transparency. <laughs> Today, I am bringing to you Mike Chisholm. Mike is the uh, host of the, the HeCast podcast, uh, which is focused on men's mental health. And you know that is something important to me. And I am blown away because it's like having a brother that's up in Canada and uh, totally ecstatic about it. Also, uh, he is a co-author with his wife, Candy, and they wrote, She Changed Me, One Ordeal, Two Perspectives. And I'm pumped to read it just because of everything that I've heard about it, the, the, the journey that they went through. And you're going to hear more about that as well. So if you would, welcome with me, Mike Chisholm. Mike, how are you doing, my friend? Oh man, like you said, I mean, I, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go outside and kick some butt after talking to you before this, before this thing even started. I'm doing really, really well, Mike, and it's an honor to be here. And uh, like you say, brothers from another mother, man, I, I appreciate everything that you guys are doing as well. And iron sharpens iron. Uh, and at the end of the day, there's so much iron to be sharpened when it comes to um, the, the problems of the world that we're trying to solve or, or at least uh, combat. And I'm just really grateful to be here. And this is going to be a lot of fun and probably not the last time either. <laughs> yeah. And I think a shout out for introductions are in hand. Thank you <laughs> to Corey for introducing us, man. I mean, his book just launched. Take it off. That was. I'm so ecstatic for the man. Just super, super pumped. Thank you to Corey for introducing us and getting us connected. And then, I mean, it's just been. You know, we're identical twins. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Reminded. funny. I wrote I wrote the foreword for that book, and um, and in the foreword for it, uh, I don't know if your audience, if if a lot of the guys out there, or people who listen to the or watch the podcast, have uh, have seen the movie Pain and Gain. Uh, it's a Michael Bay movie that came out a few years ago with The Rocks in it, and uh, and Mark Wahlberg, and 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 it's and it's an outrageous tale of of bodybuilders down in florida and and they even it's based on a true story it's based on actual events that happened 
And and to the point, and it's so ridiculous and outrageous that they even put on the screen a couple times. This is a true story. Like they put that in the middle of the movie because it seems so ridiculous. Corey lived down in Florida during the times of those events and things like that. And, and the stories that he has are so outrageous. Um, but if they haven't, if, if your listeners haven't listened to Corey's episode on your, on your show yet, they got to do it. The book is every bit as outrageous and, and dare I say, uh, titillating as you think it might be because it's to do with the, the, the tales of exotic dancer, but it's not, it doesn't make you feel dirty afterwards because he is also a personal development warrior. He also learned a lot of lessons and now looking back wants to help people improve their lives um, and, and not go through some of the horrific stuff that he went through. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm so grateful too, man. Corey, Corey's a heck of a guy. And uh, the fact that he introduced me to you and like you say, brother from another mother. So yeah, yeah. this is great. Yeah. And you and I just literally were sitting there talking away. I mean, it's, <laughs> it was probably an hour plus or yeah. half hour, not hour yeah. plus, sorry, half hour plus that we were just sitting here trading in, you know, like stories and encouragement and you know, wisdom. And it's just like, that's what it's supposed to be about. Um, Just laying it out there, being honest. And it's so encouraging and just uplifting. Um, Yeah. So super pumped. (laughs) Well, let's start this off. All right, Um, man. Mike, what does life look like for you now on the business side of life? Yeah. I mean, that's been a work in progress. Um, I'll kind of, I'll kind of talk about, I'm, I'm the guy that, um, I've kind of defied what my family and what my history in my family um, had laid out for me. I've gone a different pathway, you know, Um, I'm not rich by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm more comfortable than most members of my family um, from a monetary standpoint. I mean, I I was one of the first, I I am the first member of my family to make over six figures. I don't make a ton over that, but, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I stretched myself significantly. I was 18, 19 years old. And the, the place that I was um, nudged to go down is, is might go find a good job that has some good benefits that has retirement options um, and, and hold on to that job because you never know what's going to happen. And I mean, again, those messages are well-meaning, but at the end of the day, um, success leaves clues. Is that the trail that successful people leave? Um, so I started working for Costco wholesale, uh, and uh, when I was 19, um, I was transferred into the marketing department, which out of working for Costco, um, if you're going to stay in one location, that was a phenomenal breeding training ground for me. Um, it taught me to think bigger and that is a a huge, huge, huge thing. Um, you know, by 25, 26, I realized I had topped out of what, uh, what I was going to make from a, from a, from a salary standpoint. Uh, so I hit that kind of that glass ceiling, unless I was willing to move. I'm born in a born and raised in a place called Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada. It is the crown jewel of Canada. In my opinion, it's one of the greatest places in the world to live. Um, however, if I wanted to advance, I'd have to move away from that city. Not something I wanted to do. Um, went through uh, a divorce um, with my my high school sweetheart. We got married real young. And uh, as you learn, uh, the male brain isn't done developing until 27, 28. That prefrontal cortex isn't done. And that's responsible for long-term decisions. And in our late 20s, we were very different people um, than we were when we got married. And um, we didn't have any kids and, and, and just... It kind of ended sort of naturally, um, not without trauma. I won't say that. But uh, at that point, I was in a crossroads of my life. And that's when I, dis- I discovered personal development. Um, 
I, uh, you know, there's a quote that I use. I, I, I always attribute it back to Jim Rohn, even though I, I misquote it sometimes, uh, the, the original one. But the, the gist of it is this. You feed your family during the day and you work on your fortune at night. And uh, most people that I knew, the circle that I came from, there weren't a lot of people working on their fortune at night, you know, and it's not monetary fortune. It's move yourself into the place where when you go to work, it doesn't feel like work, you know? Um, And so I started building a financial uh, practice on the side of my Costco job. And, and, and I had a lot of people looking at me being crabs in the bucket saying, what are you doing? What, what the heck? You know, it's almost like when sometimes when, when, when we make an internal decision to change our life and make it better, people around you who hear about that, they are almost threatened by it. And, and I experienced a lot of that, Mike. Um, But I, I, I didn't listen to them because I didn't want to trade places with them. I'm a big fan of taking advice from people I'd rather trade places with rather than people who are just offering it. That's a little filter I use whenever somebody gives me advice. And so I just kept pushing for it and I pushed for it and pushed for it. And you know what? Between five and about seven years later, um, I built a business a fin- in, in the financial world that part-time was paying me double than what I was making full-time at my Costco job. I thought I would quit right away. The first year that I made $100,000 in my financial business uh, was, was in 2013. I thought I would quit right away. But it's funny how your mentality changes. And um, I didn't quit Costco because my mentality towards Costco changed. I actually stopped caring. In a good way, I stopped caring about the little things. Um, I didn't have to be there. And so I kind of tailor-made my job a little bit. I went down to part-time and did some things. to. So I was happy. I'd, I'd walk in the building, and I was one of, the, one of the only happy people there because I didn't have to be there. And uh, I always said when they soured the milk, I would just leave there, and I did that in 2018. That was a neat feeling. Um, and then we went on to some other uh, some other things at that point. It was almost like the universe was saying, hey, you know what? We're going to free up some time for you. Uh, my granddaughter was born that same year. And a year and a half later, she spent five months down at BC Children's Hospital when she was 18 months old. Um, she had a tumor the size of my fist behind her tailbone. My wife and I stopped everything, went, became strangers in a strange land and went down um, to Vancouver and spent five months there. Uh, out of that came our book. And um, at the end of the day, my wife is building He Changed It, which is a, a men's mental wellness app. And we can talk about that as well. So in a nutshell, there's my biography and we can go wherever you want to go uh, within that. I hope that answers the question. I tried to keep it brief. So as far as today, you're then doing, are you still doing the finance? Are you still yeah. like, what do, what do you do day to day? Like who is Mike today professionally? Okay. So yeah, I, I have a, um, what's paying the bills and it's paying the bills for the, for my wife's app as well as, uh, you know, allowing her to go and build this thing as well as, you know, our food and our, our housing and all that stuff is my financial business. It's in the, uh, investments, insurance, life insurance, uh, and all that, that world. Um, I've got a client base and then I've also got some, some associates that I've helped, uh, develop, that they help and go out and help family, you know, so it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a micro agency that I have. And, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, very entrepreneurial, which I'm, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for, uh, allows me to think outside the box and it gives me the time and the freedom to help candy with doing what she does host Tcast. And, uh, it's funny, Mike, you know, when I was working for Costco coming out of my family environment, that very small thinking, um, 
I was feeding my family during the day and working on my fortune at night and to change my stars. Well, now it's almost like, okay, there's the fortune now, but now I'm working on the next fortune and that's helping her build this. So yes, I do that day to day. Uh, but when most people I talk to them, the, the thing that I'm excited about the most is, is, is wanting to change the world very similar to what you're doing and uh, have my wife's back in doing that. Yeah. I was going to say you and candy are definitely doing that. You talk about the <laughs> app, the podcast. I mean, that's just tip of the iceberg. And, and yeah. it's like the iceberg is, is like the, the vision, the dream that you guys are casting and working on is amazing. And so that's where I was wow. like, Yes, let's definitely do this. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. The thing about an iceberg, you know, uh, we only see the tip of it. We see the yeah. top of it. You know, the, if we're going sailing by an iceberg, there's a mountain underneath the water, right? And 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 the what we're trying to solve, you know, when it comes to men's mental wellness, uh, it's it's gigantic. I would I would even venture um, that it is one of the biggest problems that we need to solve in this world, um, and and it's. Uh, it's amazing. Iron sharpens iron. Talking to someone like you, it just fills up the uh, the energy bank, so we can go out there and 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 start uh, having conversations and changing hearts and changing minds and and spreading the message. Agreed. Good. Yeah, man. <laughs> Absolutely, a hundred percent. So, what does life on on the personal side look like? I mean, I know you and Candy are both doing things together. Yeah. But in in having a strong relationship to whether the stuff that you guys have done, what does it look like on the personal side of life? Well, you know what, we can get to the book in a, in a, in a minute and talk about that. Cause that's, that's really, our book is about going through adversity. Um, and it's b- a big adversity, you know, cancer with the granddaughter, uh, the granddaughter is the most precious member of my family. You're a grandfather. You know what I'm talking about? The love is a unique kind of love that just and I mean, she's so bonded with us. She slept over at our house uh, one night a week, every week since she was born from two weeks old. You know, so she's got a very, very deep relationship with Candy and I. Um, and that's dealing with adversity, you know, and, and Candy and I, um, we've learned to deal with adversity well. Uh, that's something that I think is, 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 is really important um, as a couple. But at the end of the day, that was one of those epic events in life that come along every once in a while, be it a divorce, be it a death in the family or someone getting really, really sick. Those are one of those epic events that the wind blows and uh, you see how you see how well your sails are fastened and how much you've tied everything down on the boat. Um, the everyday life that we're doing right now, I think, is the tying down of those sails, is the tying down the things on that boat to make sure when the wind really blows um, that it's going to be okay. And, uh, and, and, you know, our, our book is, is, is the result of a lot of little decisions along the way that led us to that place. Um, and there's all sorts of things we can dive into that too. Like, I mean, you know, me being vulnerable, me knowing how to listen, um, you know, and, and candy respecting where I'm coming from as a man and, and how we're built and, and that exchange that can go back and forth. It's such a beautiful thing. And you can tell when candy and I are in harmony when it, when it comes to that, the way that we deal with other things. And, uh, that's, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. You know, we look at each other as one, we, we, we just really do. And that's a beautiful thing as well. Well, and I want to kind of transition back. You had talked about as you were growing up, like, I mean, it's well-intentioned, right? Is what, is what our parents or those around us tell us to kind of safeguard us and, and prepare us. But you had talked about, um, you know, kind of that advice that you had gotten 
when you were starting out that wasn't like that that growth mindset right that's that's not from that abundance it's more of like playing it safe and and shoring up your bets yeah how did you how did you go from that to where you are now in in seeing a bigger picture in seeing abundance and opportunities where other people might go hey that's a little too much don't do that yeah that's a great question and i think i think many times we're given advice of how to survive um, but very few times we're given advice of how to thrive. And, and, and those are two many times uh, contradictory messages. And, and not because one gets in the way of the other, but one is like, um, I think giving the advice how to survive, I think, is also the advice of how to settle. And, and, and you know, it's, it's false. It's a false goalpost to me. It's not a finish line. Survival is not a finish line. And I go back to that Jim Rohn quote, you feed your family during the day. And, and, and to many people that I have, you know, interacted with and worked around and again, no offense to anybody, but they have basically gotten themselves to a point where that's their finish line in their mind. And that, and to me, that's a starting line. You get to the place where the bills are paid and that you got lodging, the lodging that you need, and the vehicles that you need and all these things that, and, and you're, you're rolling that way. To me, that's a fantastic starting line. Um, and then you start to get to know yourself. And that's the problem with a lot of men. A lot of men haven't figured out, uh, they haven't even been aware enough to know that just going through the motions isn't going to scratch that purpose itch that we have inside of us. And um, so given the advice how to survive is fantastic. And I appreciate that. You know, my parents, they thought, they, they, they thought um, you know, they love me so much. They want to make sure that I survive, that I'm okay. Now, but at the end of the day, um, would I trade places with them? where they're at right now in their seventies. No, I want to, I want to be thriving. And so that's where, you know, whether it's books, mentors, um, you know, um, um, mastermind groups of whatever, of like-minded individuals where you're sharpening each other and you're pushing each other and you're giving each other insights and that sort of thing. Um, I look to advice from, from folks like that to take care of the thriving. And, and you talked about this purpose itch. I like the yeah. description of that. Yeah. Like what clued you into that when you've kind of been giving, you know, raised in a safeguarded environment to go, Hey, there's more there to, to awaken that purpose, right? Like, how did you make that transition? How did that come about? Um, I think it's, I think it's one of those things where it's death by a thousand paper cuts. But then the last one really like the last one really kind of punches it home um, along the way. You know, when I making a decision, uh, first off, I guess it's realization that I want more, whatever that more looks like. You know, I want a, a more fulfilled relationship with my spouse. Um, I want uh, to be better at the hobbies that I'm into. Uh, I want to make more money. I want to have a better lifestyle, whatever. I want more time freedom, whatever those things are, becoming aware is key. And many times men are like racehorses. We got those blinders on, you know, as we're running through the, the, the race of life um, and, 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 and we're tunnel visioned and we don't think about such things. And I think, um, you know, taking time, whether it's to meditate, taking time to read a, a book or two that isn't a novel um, that might enrich a little bit and get you thinking about it. Um, you know, even asking the question, am I fulfilled right now? What in my life could I be doing that would make me feel a little bit more fulfilled? Um, asking those questions, those, those introspective questions, I think is number one. 
And those clues come from all sorts of places, whether, uh, you know, you, you see somebody that's going on a trip and you're like, man, I'd really love to go on that trip, you know, and, 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 and admitting that as opposed to saying, oh, must be nice to go on that trip, you know, must be nice blocks the energy from it. It blocks the intention from it. It creates negative subconscious patterns, you know, instead of saying, I want to do this, I'm going to do what it takes to do this and making a decision and then having actions that sub Support that decision, so it's not just a fantasy, but it's uh, it's it's actually a list of goals and it's a it's a plan. And so um, I don't know if that answers. I hope that answers the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and I think it's one of those that it's like the safeguard or the the kind of like you had talked about the surviving advice. Yeah, yeah. I think it's well intentioned. It's what's been passed along. Yep. And so it, it's almost like storytelling for generations. Right. Mm. Um, and it's up to like you and I and Candace and, and like my wife, Kathy, to change those generational stories, to change the perspective. And I love that you've, you've worked through that, right. It wasn't one of those of um, I'm stuck at Costco for the rest of my life, you know, right. because there's too many people that get entrenched there. Yes. Um, you know, it's, It's sad, but I think it's a reality that too many, too many men just kind of give up and go, this is the life that I'm relegated to. Um, And so it's hearing how you've moved away from that relegation and looked at how do you elevate? um, I think it's something that it's like, you know, as you've, as you've gone along, what are some books that have really resonated for you that have clued you in, Hey, this is how I need to shift my mind or shift my actions. What are some resources that you would say helped you? Uh, Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, the one that I'll go back to the one that made it go click. Like I said, the death of the thousand paper cuts. And then the one that knocks you over the head, you know, the final one uh, was a book by Steve Seibold called 177 mental toughness secrets of the world class. Um, this is a phenomenal book. When Candy and I wrote our book, one of the things we, we wanted to make sure is we wanted to write a book that people who don't read books could read. Um, this 177 Mental Toughness Secrets is that book. You get that book and it literally is um, within a book, you know, it's, it's only like 250 pages. It's 177 page and a half chapters. Like you can literally read a page and a half a day and, you know, within a month, maybe a little bit more. Um, you've read the book, but you have also really slowly and bite-sized taken a bunch of greatness and put it into yourself mm. and can, and, and considered it. The, the, the premise of the book is, um, you know, you've got, he, Seibold compares the average to the champions. Okay. And, and the champions, he's did a lot of research, very, very similar to what, uh, what Carnegie did back in the day with how to win friends and influence people. He went out and did a whole bunch of research. Um, and it's not just monetary champions, but, but athletes and, and people who have um, succeeded in business, people who have succeeded in charity, people who have succeeded in, the, in a big way in the world. And he's analyzed their habits. And he brought it down to there's 177 things that the world class do that are in common with each other. And he, what he does is in a page and a half, he says, the average think this way, the world-class think this way. And I'll, I'll tell you what my life's, uh, you know, motto has been since I read that book. 
And it was really the first personal development book that I, that I read all those years ago. It was the average focus on the problem, the world-class focus on the solution. Super easy to understand that, you know, problem comes up. Do I spend a bunch of time lamenting the problem, feeling sorry for myself about the problem, gossiping about the problem, complaining about the problem, uh, 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 you know, complain, you know, am I that guy or do I accept the problem immediately? It is what it is. Um, and then immediately, immediately start saying, okay, what's the solution? That's a really easy one to for 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 people men women whatever to to go introspective and say what type of person am i and the moment any trauma comes up if you can become aware and say okay i need to focus on the solution right now that just changes everything and that's one of the 177 things um so that's the first one and i've had countless ones since i mean uh let's go to the slight edge jeff olson that's a phenomenal one uh the subtle art of not giving an f uh, by Mark Manson. That's a, that's another one. I mean, not everything is our fault, no question, but everything is our responsibility. You know, somebody drives into me, T-bones me, not my fault, but it's my responsibility to figure out how I'm going to deal with that situation. Right. That's stuff like that. And then there's a whole bunch of others. I know you're a Maxwell guy, John Maxwell. You can't go wrong with almost any, anything that John Maxwell writes. Um, Gay Hendricks, the big leap. Uh, if you want to learn how to think bigger, that is a gigantic one for my wife and I, um, teaching us how to think uh, just, yeah, thinking bigger is a, is, is, is a really, really big one. So the big leap is a good one. Um, yeah, there's a bunch. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So how did family react or, or even friends, how did they react as you're implementing this stuff, um, in your life and going, Hey, that's not. Who I was isn't who I want to continue to be. Yeah. I want to move in this direction. What did you kind of see as far as how family and friends around you reacted to that? Mike, it was it, it was a, a mixed bag. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, there are some people who were friends in my life that were like, "Hey, good for you," right? Um, there were some others that were friends, or at least back what I considered to be a friend back then, um, who were threatened. And, and, and family members, I mean, boundaries are such a beautiful thing because you can't, you can't change your family. Um, yet at the same time, I don't, I, I don't enjoy the strategy of, of cutting family members out of your life uh, for disagreeing with you or, or living a different life or expecting a different life. I think family is really, really, really important. And, 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 and the good news is in most situations, you can actually set up boundaries with people. Uh, whatever those look like, even in the extreme situations, uh, with a little bit of uh, tactical, um, you know, strategy and and, and love uh, and empathy, you can set up boundaries for even the hardest situations um, without having to disown anybody. Um, so I never had to do that. I did find that my friend circle changed. Certainly, many, if not most, of my friends at, at Costco love them to death. Still see them when I go into the building, go shopping uh, to this day, some of them, but, but many of them um, were discouraging and uh, I didn't have the mentality back then is that if, if people are throwing shade on you, you're probably doing something right. You know, back then people threw shade on me and it's like, oh my gosh, it hit me right in the heart. And I feel, oh my goodness, this is, and then doubt, am I doing the right thing? But now I'm to the point where. Um, if people who think smaller than me start throwing non-constructive 
shade, emotional type shade. I actually feel like I'm doing the right thing. And now I've kind of moved in the direction of going, okay, I'm on to something here. Uh, you know, my wife's building a men's mental wellness app. Uh, she wants to literally change the world. Um, we've had a lot of people throw, throw weird shade on us uh, for that. And, and now we're at the point where we can kind of smile. And for the most part, when we're on, when we're on par with things, you know, it doesn't get to us as much. Um, yeah. But most of my family, my family has, um, like when we wrote the book, even though we've, we've achieved, Candy and I have achieved so many things and whatnot. We wanted to take a negative situation with our granddaughter, uh, going through five months of cancer treatment, which by the way, she's okay. Now we wanted to take a negative and turn it into a positive. And, and so we wrote a book and it's, uh, it's neat. It's got a little gimmick to it. It's cool. It's, it's getting, you know, some big exposure, which is we're blown away by and so humbled by, but our family, we have people in our family that look at us and they go, Oh, I could never do that. Oh, what a horrible thing to say. If any of your listeners or viewers ever say, I could never do that. Please take that sentence out of your vocabulary. You have no idea what you're capable of. And, and it doesn't take much to change uh, the mentality about yourself. You could do that. Whatever you think you can't do. Um, let's have a conversation about that. Let's tear it apart a little bit and, and see how much you actually can do because we are so capable and yet ourselves are limiting as to how capable we actually are. So it's been nice to be the example to our friends and family of what can be done. And when he changed, it blows up. I mean, the numbers in the tech world that people are talking about, we're going to really show people around us what can be done in a small town, um, you know, in Canada, we're going to show people what can be done and, uh, and how big things can actually be. And, and that's part of the part that I'm most excited about. Again, I feel like I'm talking to your off. Am I good, Mike? You are fantastic. I'm like, right. you're off like a rocket, man. <laughs> thank you, brother. <laughs> Hi, coach Mike here. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the living fearless today podcast. Man, if you're struggling with your worth, feeling you're not enough and playing small, honestly, this isn't your lot in life. There is more available to you beyond this podcast to help you uncover your worth, feel respected, be confident, and play bigger in all areas of your life. Grab a time at highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call to set up a complimentary session on where you're at today, who you want to be, and how you can live the life you've been desiring. Again, Head on over to highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call and take that first step towards your life transformation. So with, with what you're changing, if I came to you and I did say that, hey, I could never do that. How, how do I or how did you, you know, start in that direction to, to believe that you could, to to see something bigger than what you've believed like in that limiting realm is yeah. possible. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that maybe the fear, I think there's a lot of people out there who they'd never examine that phrase. And I think, I think it's amazing. It's an amazing gift. If any one of the viewers or listeners today can think of something where they said recently or years ago, maybe they put it to bed years ago and they said, oh, I could never do that. Mm. You know, whatever it is, I could never be in a band. I could never uh, build the business that I want to build. I could never. And, and, and so if someone said that to me, 
You know, if you had an example of something like that, where you say, I could never do that. Um, the first thing that I would want to do is kick that around. First off, okay, what is it about that that appeals to you? If you could do that, let's just say for a second, if you could, let's just, you know, okay, you could never do that. All right, fine. We'll accept that for a moment. Um, but let's just say you could. Why would you want to do that? What would it bring? What would the achieving that goal? What would that mean to you? What would it, what would it do? How could it change? And we start talking about the good things about it, you know, and, and we start that dreaming a little bit and the dreaming is really important because that gets you to the place of thinking bigger and all of the, the fun stuff that comes with, with dreaming and, 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 and turning it from a dream or a fantasy into a goal can then be possible because we think of all the good things, right? And then let's go back to it. Well, why do you think you can't? What are the things that are stopping you is a better question in my mind. What are the things that are stopping you from doing this? And many times you come up with a list of things that are great and a very small list of things that, 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 that can be addressed and changed. And you know what? You want to be in a band. Okay. Well, you not, might not necessarily make number one, but you can scratch some itches. I mean, with, with Candy and her team at what they're building with, he changed it. There are so many men out there that don't, they're not scratching the itch that they don't even know they, they have. They, don't, they can't even identify where the itch is because they don't do any introspective uh, work. And if they can figure that stuff out and then ask the question, well, why don't I do this? Um, man, there are some amazing things that people can do to scratch those itches without even you know quitting their job necessarily. But their job becomes a whole lot more fun because they're scratching that itch. So, I mean, really at the end of the day, if there's something that you would love to do, your heart's desire, write out the list of why you want to do that. You know, what about it? Go, go macro, you know, go, go as big as you can with it. Why would I want to do that? And then kick that around. And if you focus on that every day and do a couple little actions to get yourself there, you would be so surprised as to the amount of opportunities that just fall in your lap only because you're focusing on these things. Um, Again, we wear those blinders. If you're not focused on something, how many opportunities are going above your head? But if you focus on it and look at it, that opportunity comes, you snag it. And you go, yeah, right on. You know, it gives me a little bit of a uh, little bit of oomph in my step for the week. That little one. What about the next one? What about the next one? Maybe the next one's life changing. So, yeah, I think that it's really important to to look back. That's a powerful thing. Any guy out there that hears this, or guy or gal that that hears this message. Um, if you can think of something that you say, oh, I'd love to do this, but I could never do that. That is a gift to you because that's you taking the blinders off and opening yourself up and, and, and let's, let's play with it from there. And that's super powerful because it's like, once you look at what you believe the hurdles are, yeah. then looking at how, how probable they are actually being a hurdle, we often build those up both in their size and likelihood, yep. um, you know, so it's like just being aware and then talking through it instead of just believing it. Like you talked about, it's yeah. so amazing. I do want to touch, you know, um, on, on the story with your daughter, your sorry, granddaughter, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, being in the hospital and the choices that you made, because it's not like you went in, Hey, I'm a victim. You and Candy both made intentional decisions on how you were going to handle, you know, this challenge that you're facing of cancer. And it's not something that's like, Oh my gosh, you know, there's water on the floor. That's huge. And yeah. you guys were 
were very purposeful in what you did and how you went about it. Would you share kind of that journey? Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. And, and in the end, it, 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 I'm trying not to downplay things. That's what we do many times as managers down, downplay. Um, but at the same time, it didn't start out that way. You know, it comes, we were featured just on a, on an, a Canadian news morning shows coast to coast. And, 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 and it's hard for me to watch that because you hear people saying that to us, we, we literally were going through it one day at a time, Mike. And I mean, here you asked about books, the power of now power of now changed my life, being present, taking things one day at a time, not putting expectations on the future, not living in the past. Oh my goodness. The power of now by Eckhart Tolle changed our life changed my life while I was in Vancouver. Um, the the long and the short of it is this: on Christmas Eve of 2019, um, we were told at our local hospital that my granddaughter, um, who was 18 months at the time, and the light of my life, and she is, she's a little angel. Um, she's just the most beautiful thing in the entire world. You know, when you look at the uh, at the at the wallpaper on my phone, uh, that's there she is right there. You can't, uh, yeah. You know, whoops. Um, you know, just absolutely gorgeous. Um, she's my everything. We found out she had a size of a tumor, the size of my fist. And, and, and by up here in Canada, we have boxing day. It's the day after Christmas by boxing day. We're down in Vancouver um, thinking that maybe she's going to get a cyst removed. And, uh, and, and, and we're naive to the fact that no, 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 you know, the surgery happened on new year's Eve. Uh, no pathology came back. This thing's cancerous. You're going through, she's going through four rounds of chemo and you guys aren't going home until minimum April. Um, you know, couple that with a pandemic springing around us. And, uh, and, and I understand, um, if you think about that, and if you were to give somebody a gift of, of, of prophecy, a gift of prophecy, you know, I use that term sarcastically in this case and tell somebody that that was going to happen to them, ingesting that all at once makes it seem like I could never go through that. But guess what? You have gone through things that you haven't felt that you could go through. You've been through divorce. You've been through family passing away early. You've been through uh, failing out of school. You've been through getting fired. You've been through the things, these things that many people with, they just looked at the story. They think they couldn't go through it, but we're equipped to go through things. That's, that's, that's the first thing. Um, now, what we did while we were down there is Candace and I made the decision um, without any expectation. Uh, yeah. We're going to stay here with our, with our son and daughter-in-law. We're going to stay down here. We're not going to go home. Ronald McDonald house covers them, does not cover us. Okay. We got to figure out a, a way to run a household uh, remotely uh, at home, which the expenses did not go away. By the way, men think about money a lot. Yeah, I get that. Uh, and, and yeah, you're right. The expenses did not go away at home. And then we also had to, to, to suddenly figure out a way to do some housing in the most expensive real estate market uh, in, in Western Canada, very, very expensive is Vancouver. Um, and BC children's hospital is situated right in the middle of the city. Um, you know, the, one of the most expensive places in the world to, to, to live and, and, and how are we going to do that? And, uh, what is going to happen with this little startup that Candace had if he changed it for me? Um, you know, my financial business, what's going to happen there? Uh, are we going to lose our house over this? All of these things came into, came into play. And it just came down to, at the end of the day, would be would we be willing to lose our house to support our family? The answer is yes. Were we put in that position? No. Were we even close to being put in that position? No, we weren't. 
The community rallied around us as we were down here. There were GoFundMe set up. Friends did fundraisers and all sorts of things happened to make it all come together for us while we're down there. We talk about that in the book. Um, but at the end of the day, the biggest, the biggest breakthrough that happened there was the breakthrough in our own mind of how to deal with this and what really is important. And um, it's funny when, when something like that pops up, uh, something so big and adversity that big, you really, if you do a little bit of that introspection, you really learn what your priorities are. And that happened to us. So while we were down there, we started journaling. Um, I'm sure that on your podcast here, the, the power of journaling has come up many times. Um, I would journal on social media a little bit to also to um, update folks. And uh, a few days in, uh, a friend of ours who happens to be a book editor, um, Diana Ryers from Daring to Share Global, she said, hey, what you guys are posting is really powerful here. Um, you're, you're, you're inspiring. And really, at the end of the day, all Candy and I were doing was getting stuff out but, and, and trying to update people. But um, she said, no, I think you've, I think you've got a book here. Um, and, uh, you know, it took us a little while to kind of wrap our heads around that. But yeah, like right from the start, uh, we started writing. And when we got home, I didn't read Candy's side. She didn't read mine. So we've got, uh, there's my side there. She changed me one ordeal, two perspectives. You read my part of the story. You get to the middle of the book where the pictures are, and it's a happy ending. It's a Lara coming home from BC Children's Hospital. If you take and flip the book, uh, you've got Candy and her perspective and um, her lessons that she learned going through this. And, in the, and it gets to the end of her stories at the middle of the book with Alara going home. And it's a, it's a personal development book. It's how to deal with adversity and the things that the lessons that we learned going through that, um, a phenomenal, phenomenal exercise, um, in being able to empty the cup journal. But at the same time, my wife and I didn't read each other's stories until a week before the book was published. Only our editor has. And, and we did an exercise. It was the best date night ever, Mike. Uh, she sat on one side of the couch. I sat on the other side of the couch. We read each other's parts. We both laughed. We both cried. And we both were in awe how different what Candace took versus what I took, um, how different those things were. And being able to read it in her language and her being able to read it in my language, we developed an understanding about each other that was phenomenal. Um, and then we wrote each other's forewords, sent them in, and that was the last piece to have the book published. So in a nutshell, that's the, uh, that's the story with us and our granddaughter. And she's great now, by the way. Again, the beautiful thing about this book is that it's a personal development book that takes you up and down with the story, but it is a happy ending. So um, yeah, that's, that's that. I think that's such a gift, though. And the title <laughs> says it, you know, with it's like having two perspectives. And yeah. I think we so often, I mean, dude, I can look at what my task list is. Yes. And I mean, that's a reflection in and of itself, much less, <laughs> you know, I don't need one of my grandsons, you know, going <laughs> through that kind of situation. Yeah. But just what's important to me is in my task list. And if I ask my wife, hey, what needs to be done? It's like, man, it could be the last stinking item on my list that's yep. most important to her. Yep. And you guys are both understanding each other's perspective, which deepens and strengthens that relationship. Yeah. I love. I, I'm just, yeah. That's just phenomenal. So I, I really am drawn to that and I'm looking forward to, you know, going through the book and, and reading 
how Candace saw things versus how you saw things, but yet it's one event. So, you know, it's funny. Um, we got pulled into, uh, when we found out that the, uh, that the, the mass was cancerous, um, Alara's doctor happened to be the head of BC Children's Hospital Oncology. He just just happened to be that way. And uh, we were so grateful for that because um, this is a phenomenally powerful woman and wise, 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 wise woman. And she said to us, she goes, hey, I just want to let you know, a lot of families don't survive this. Um, just whatever, however, Alara is going to be in the end, whether she, uh, it gets easier, it gets harder heals or not, uh, you know, whatever that is, a lot of families crack from this and, and, and Candy and I really took that to heart. And so, um, we staying down there for, so, so our, our son and daughter-in-law, uh, you know, didn't, didn't split. And, but also for us, we, we really, it was extremely important to know that when adversity hits, uh, families have two choices, you know, they can, they can fragment or they can hunker down together. And, and we decided to hunker down together. And it was a decision that we made. Um, it was a decision that we made, but it was also a subconscious decision that we made. And we only saw that that's what we were doing in looking back. And, and, and that's a really powerful thing. Those subconscious decisions that we make, um, whether they serve us or don't serve us, there are ways to reprogram that subconscious. So you make the better decision more often. And that's something that we've been focusing on since we've got back as well. How, how have you been going about doing that? I mean, what does that look like for you and Candy? Well, for me personally, I can't speak for her other than to say that she is so driven to build. He changed it. She wants to change the world and, and, and her and her team are the team that is following her. Um, you know, most of, most of the people who work for he are, are, well, they're all volunteer right now, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's being inspired uh, by my wife and her determination to solve this problem. I think that that's a big part of it. If you've got a goal that's big enough and you are um, focused on that and, and, and your intentions are really, I think that's a, that's a big one. If you've got some goals, things that you're working towards, that's, that's a major one uh, for me personally. Uh, what it comes down to, I can speak to that, you know, again, it's a power of now trick, but it's becoming aware. That's number one. So number one, you know, analyzing some of these decisions, that's why journaling is really important. You know, many times you go over something and you write it down, even if it's a point form, whatever. For any of you men who haven't journaled out there, get yourself the five-minute journal. It's structured. It's a phenomenal book. I got nothing to do with it. Someone passed that on to me once and it's, I filled that thing out three times now. It's a, it's such a, it's a journal for those who don't like to journal. Um, but getting that stuff out there, becoming aware. And then the moment you become aware of something that doesn't serve you, oh, it's the easiest thing in the world. And it really does turn into shorthand. I think about that thing, whatever it is, whether maybe it's my brain, you know, I'm walking by uh, the other day. I, I, I ordered myself a new vehicle. First time I've ever done that brand new, customized the thing. I fell in love with the new Bronco and I'm like, I like that thing. I like the two door. I'm going into the dealership. I'm going to custom make the perfect one. That is exactly me. That's, that's something I'm going to give to myself. I'm excited about it. And, uh, and there's a whole bunch of nostalgic things there. Um, sure enough, I leave the dealership looking at the Bronco. That is like the one I ordered is like 95%. The one sitting there in the showroom, just customized a little bit more for me. And I'm looking at it and suddenly that voice starts. It's like, Hey, can you afford this? What are you doing buying a new vehicle? You've got a, you've got a policy. You buy something that's three years old because the depreciations happened and all this stuff and starts second guessing me. The moment I became aware, Mike, I 
said, okay, thank you, brain. I appreciate it. Like, it's almost like you separate yourself out. And I'm like, thank you, brain, for bringing that up. I'm not sure why, after I just had so much fun ordering this thing, my dad was there tearing up as to how proud he was of me. And it was such a beautiful moment. And 45 seconds later, as I'm driving home, I'm not sure why you threw that in my head and threw that to my vision. But I'm just going to say to you right now, I'm going to cut the cords with that thought. We're going to let that thought go with beautiful intention. It was, I'm sure you were trying to protect me, but at the end of the day, it wasn't necessary. I'm going to cut the cords with that because this is one of the greatest moments of, of, of my life um, in a small way. And I'm just going to say, thank you very much. So you can do that anytime you become aware. Uh, I'm feeling anxious about something. Why am I feeling anxious? You know what? It's a fear of something unseen. Thank you very much. Whatever safety mechanism was here. And I'm going to cut the cord with that and let it go. Well, you make a habit of doing that. Suddenly those thoughts come up less and, 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 and maybe in certain areas don't come up at all. In fact, the other ones do. Oh my goodness. When I get that Bronco, that's going to be a great thing. Um, um, let's, let's take mom out, uh, you know, to her favorite winery and, and, and have some fun and, and take the top off when we do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is um, that is such a beautiful way to look at it rather than the oh boy warning stuff that comes, you know? And so uh, there's an example of it right there. Again, I feel like I'm talking your ear off and I'm sorry about that. Oh, this is this is <laughs> what I want to hear is your story and how you're you're growing through it, you know, yeah. because it's like one size doesn't fit all. You know, no. the way you address something may be different than the way I address something may be different than, um, you know, Bob, Bob does it in his life, Yeah, but it's finding what works for us in a healthy way, because too many of us are just making assumptions and we're buying into unhealthy or limited beliefs or actions. Yes. And, you know, we're stepping away from responsibility that then doesn't serve us in when we should be stepping into those kind of um, opportunities to grow ourselves and give space, you know, to our family and our friends. So absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, my friend. Well, dude, we could keep going. And I yeah. think the fact that we talked before this is, uh, you know, proof of that. Mike, if you would, how can, how can people get in touch with you? Where can they find you uh, beyond sure. this podcast? Well, um, I'm, I'm starting to wrap my head a little bit around the, 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 uh, uh, the social media thing. I don't do Instagram a ton. I'm more of a Facebook guy. Just, I guess that's showing my age or whatever, but I've now made it. So a bunch of my Facebook stuff automatically gets ported, ported over to my Instagram. So for the kids out there who love the Instagram, I'm at Shazam Mike, S-H-A-Z-A-M-I-K-E. It's Shazam and Mike all in one word. To me, that's super, super clever because Shazam was my favorite uh, superhero growing up. Uh, and so Shazam Mike, uh, Mike Chisholm. Uh, you can search me up on Facebook. Uh, the picture you see is that one right there. Uh, uh, that's me at, at Letterman. So that's the picture there. If you're searching for me, you can look me up there. Um, he changed it.com. Check out what my wife and her team are doing at He Changed It. Um, you can search for the podcast, which is, uh, called he cast where podcasts are found, you know, the Apple, the Spotify, the YouTube, we're all over those things. Um, uh, Mike, you became our hundredth subscriber on YouTube. Thank you for that. We appreciate it. And for anybody who wants to look at the book, uh, you can go to she 
and it, it sends you to the landing page. If you want to buy the book off Amazon or Walmart or Barnes and Noble, whatever, search up. She, she changed me. Uh, she changed me should do it. One or deal, two perspectives. If you want to make sure you get it, you can buy it there. But if you buy it off, she changed me.com. Uh, we send it to you directly and we sign it. So happy to do that. And, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. <laughs> that is cool. And I think what a good exercise would be is a, as guys are reading through the book yeah. and see both perspectives is to share it with their wife and see what they see differently and talk about it because it's, when we're understanding our wife's perspective, then, you know, we're able to come together in a stronger force, you know, like you and Candy are doing. And so that would be my challenge is honestly read the book and then give it to your wife, talk about it and yeah. have a date night there. Without a doubt. And I, and, and I, I think I started to go down the rabbit hole, but didn't finish it. Um, we wrote it for people who don't read books. Uh, it's meant to be really accessible. Like when you read, you can read through one of our halves in one night because the chapters at the end of the day, uh, the chapters of an average book are are, are about um, you know five to ten thousand words. Well, ours are twenty five hundred to five thousand words. Like you can read, you can bite size it, and it's only eight chapters on each side. It's balanced very very well, and it reads really simply. <laughs> it, it's a it's we're we're. Um, the reception for the book, Mike, we're, we're astounded by it. We have, we were not prepared for it. Um, so excited about, about people saying exactly what you just said. This helped me examine my relationship with my spouse, understanding that she takes things completely different than I do. And when you have room for that in your head and your heart, it creates a lane of empathy that didn't exist beforehand because you just assume that your partner is seeing what you see. There's things in the book that we left in there that were contradictory to each other. The day we found out she had cancer, I said there was snow on the ground. She said it was raining. And we kept that in there because the human mind is fallible. We both would bet all the money in our pockets that were right. And, 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 and it's just what an amazing gift that is to understand suddenly that your spouse can look at the same thing that you're looking at and have a completely different reaction to the one you're having. And if you can unlock how each other thinks that way and have an openness to that, for us, it was relationship changing. And, and, and again, hopefully we're taking a negative and turning it into a positive for people to have that same revelation for themselves in their own relationship without having to go through that adversity. Yeah, definitely. If you can skip the adversity and learn the lessons and grow, that's, Definitely That's wisdom. preferred route to go, man. That's wisdom, man. If you can, <laughs> if you can take other things that other people have gone through and you can apply them to your life. So you don't have to go through what they went through. Um, that's to me, that's, that's a form of wisdom. And uh, I just, I'm so grateful anytime that I get advice from somewhere, whether it's a book, whether it's a brother from another mother, whether it's uh, you know, going through something with somebody else, helping them go through their problem, being a, being a brother to them. And, and, and I'm so grateful every time that I can live a better life um, without having to go through some of those things myself. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Mike, thank you, my friend, so much for coming on and sharing your journey, what you've gone on, where, you know, it's like where we have opportunities to grow yeah. and uh, to sharing your perspective and, and congratulations on the book and the podcast and everything that's going on with you and Candace. So thank you. Thank you, my friend. Really oh man, 
right back at you. And uh, just so you know, I'm going to be strong arming you to be on my podcast as well. Uh, we need to make that happen as well. And I just want to say thank you for everything that you're doing over there. Um, anytime I see lights in the dark, I'm, 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 I'm just so grateful that that is the case. You, sir, are a bonfire. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm grateful for what you want to do and also how it's the, the, the road is going to reveal itself to you you know, geographic locations and, and all of the different things uh, that are going to be handed to you as you do this. It is, it's, it's like a flower blooming and I can't wait to watch uh, everything that you guys are doing bloom and, and, and show that unique color and aroma uh, that flowers do. So thank you very much for letting me part of, me be part of your journey, Mike. Well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it and look forward to what's coming in the future. Beautiful. Thanks, man. Thanks so much, my friend, for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, please leave a review on the platform you're listening to. It helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free. See you on the next episode. And remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one.